Welcome to Rise and Thrive with Sam. I'm your host, Sam Jones, a women's online health and fitness coach, bridging the gap between building your dream body, optimizing your health, and finally taking control of your life so that you can become the best version of you. I've helped hundreds of women do just that, and it's time to share my tips, tricks, and industry-leading secrets with you. So let's dive in. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back for another episode. Excited to have you guys here. Today we have another holiday theme. So loving these holiday episodes and I've gotten so much positive feedback about these. You guys have been loving these, saying that they have such helpful tips. So we are here with some more tips today. And today we are tackling the topic of handling holiday social pressures and anxiety. And uh, I know that it can be hard for people during this time, right? Dealing with a lot of time with friends and family and maybe, you know, your goals don't align with theirs. And to be frank, like this topic really is applicable all year long because while we do tend to get together with a lot of family and friends during the holiday season, I think that, you know, birthdays and, you know, other holidays, vacations, all of that, this stuff tends to come up too. So these are tips that you guys can really keep with you and utilize all year round, which is awesome. But before we dive into today's content, I did want to just remind you guys that there is the free holiday survival guide that you guys can download with the show notes. The link is there. You just input your name, your email address, and it will get sent directly to you. And this features some extra bonus tips for navigating the holidays with ease. Also gives you three recipes that are awesome ideas to take to parties or holiday dinners that are both tasty and nutritious. So helping you support your goals and getting some balance in there and, you know, maybe getting some healthy food into some other people as well. And then we also have three low calorie cocktails and three low calorie mocktails that are festive and in the spirit that you can have at your events as well. So if you guys want to take advantage of that, go click that link and get that download and utilize that over the next couple weeks. But today, my friends, like I said, we're talking about handling social pressures and anxiety around the holidays and mostly coming from, you know, being in social settings and situations arising from that. And I know that we did dig into this a little bit in last week's episode with Libby, but we were talking more in that episode around like how to be successful with holiday dinners yourself, right? Not necessarily the external forces. And I think like, you know, we had made mention of a couple of things of that, like you don't really owe anybody an explanation and, you know, like just kind of do what's best for you. And that's totally valid. But, you know, sometimes those situations come up regardless. So I did want to give some tips and things that, you know, I have come across or I have, you know, dealt with in the past that I think are helpful. And I mean, like, I know that while the holidays are supposed to be a fun and merry time of year, it can also be really stressful, right? Like we have extra workload. We have other things that we need to get done on top of our regular day-to-day routine. We have sometimes financial pressure, right? With buying gifts, all of that kind of stuff. So stress can be running high. So I think sometimes that can add to the added social pressure and anxiety of holiday events. Uh... And so then when you know you get to these events and people start judging you and and causing problems, it can be extra stress and easily cause a situation where things blow up or, you know, a problem gets started and, you know, it doesn't really need to be the case. So today we're going to talk about five strategies that can help you handle this with ease. And honestly, like I said, these strategies can be applied all year round. So I think that, you know, these are things that are going to stick with you. 
So first and foremost, what we're going to start with is like before you even get to the event. So before you get to the event, we want to focus on what happens before you even leave your house and the mindset that you're in before you leave your house and pivoting your expectations. Because if you're anything like me, you get yourself all worked up before you even leave the damn house, before you even put on your shoes uh, with these preconceived notions of how things are going to be. And I think it's the Pisces in me, but uh, I like to, you know, it's good sometimes because I'm a dreamer, but I also sometimes make up all these fictitious worst case scenarios in my head of things that haven't even happened yet. You know, just trying to prepare myself you know, of how the day might go or how people might be when you get there. And, you know, that's not necessarily the truth, right? So you're almost like psyching yourself out with something that's not even fact, if that makes sense. So if you go into the event thinking like Aunt Sally is going to be a pain in my ass and annoy me the whole time and she's just going to get on my nerves, are you probably going to be more irritated by Aunt Sally probably right so this says you nothing does nothing but fill you up with negative energy weigh you down so instead of going to the event with this kind of irritation and annoyance and animosity on your brain try to reframe your mindset and pivot those expectations before you go there right so instead of looking at the situation of like you know she's going to be annoying I don't want to deal with her I don't want to have to deal with her judgment of me like she's always like so rude whatever try to think more of the positive of the situation of like okay I get to spend time with family I don't see very often like although sometimes I have differences with my family I'm going to lay them aside for the day and I'm going to look forward to trying to connect with family and and share some quality time together and maybe even share share what I'm going through on my journey and be able to be an inspiration to others. And if you can channel your mindset into positive aspects of the gathering that you're looking forward to, like this is just going to make the experience that much better, right? So maybe like even though you know you have that one relative that just drives you bonkers really try to focus on the positive things like maybe playing with the kids and the family maybe you're if you do a family secret santa every year that you love taking part in maybe you really love helping out in the kitchen like you know all of these things that are going to be the positives that you look forward to in the event which is going to help reduce that social anxiety and that negative feeling before you even go like working yourself up Because guys, remember, like the energy that you put out into the world really is the energy that you receive. So, you know, if you're putting out positive vibes, uh, you know, good energy, looking forward to things, you know, you're spreading a holiday cheer, you're going to be more likely to receive that back. Okay, so now that we've reframed the mind before leaving and you have now left the house and we are on the way to the party, I want you to think about reframing your reaction to situations. So, you know, we don't even know if anything is going to come up that's negative, if anybody's going to say anything. But if they do and it places you in an uncomfortable situation, I want you to think about changing the way that you would respond because our first instinct when something happens like that naturally is to defend ourselves to put up our up a wall defend our honor you know and justify our decisions but we don't take a moment to actually question like why is this person even making this comment to begin with or what is causing them to behave this way so typically when people are behaving that way it 
is because of one of two reasons, right? Either one, they're actually just genuinely concerned about you, but show it in a really weird way. And maybe that's because you're doing something different this year than you may have done in years in the past, right? Or, you know, maybe they're just generally concerned about your well-being based off of their limited understanding and education of the health and wellness space, right? And we'll get a little bit into that more later. Or number two, which I want to dig into a little bit more now, is that they're just projecting their own insecurities and their own discontentment with their own decisions on you, right? So if I'm going to give you an example of that, like let's just say somebody is trying to get you to drink and you have de- you have decided that you are going to not drink at this event or maybe you're only going to have one drink and you already had that one drink and somebody's pushing you saying like, come on, just have one more. Like you're no fun. You're a party pooper. Oh, like why are you being such a buzzkill? All of that kind of stuff, right? It's not going to kill you. That's because they feel insecure that they want to get lit to escape all of their own life problems and they don't have anybody to do it with. So they're guilt tripping you into doing it. So they feel more justified in their decision, right? It has absolutely nothing to do with you and your decision not to drink. It's how that impacts them. So it's from like a selfish place, right? Or even we'll use food as an example. If somebody sees that, you know, maybe you're not filling up your plate with a heaping amount of food, but they are, it makes them feel like they're making unhealthy decisions, which is, you know, contributing to their feelings of, not being confident in their own body, right? Because they know they're overindulging. So if that's the case, right? And people are making these comments and we've established that it's probably because of their own insecurities. When someone starts doing what they usually do and they start pushing you and, you know, making comments that are not needed, instead of getting all worked up, you know, and all icky and and starting that, that argument, take a nice deep breath you know, count to three (laughs) and then simply respond by just saying, Hey, I appreciate your concern, but I'm confidently making the decision for me that I think is best for me right now. If people are still pushing it past that, I mean, you could go as far to say to them like, Hey, like, I don't know what's getting you so upset. Like, why are you getting so triggered by what's on my plate or about, about if I want to drink, right? Like, what does that have to do with you? And again, right, not saying it in a rude way or a offensive way, but just simply genuinely asking like, hey, what's going on? Like, why are you getting so upset about this? Right? Like, why is this triggering you? And a lot of the times that opens up the door for a conversation that's going to get you way further than just jumping into an argument. And I am in no way, shape or form saying that you need to sit and be berated or take abuse. If someone is being mean, by all means, you have every single right to get up and walk away. You do not need to entertain negativity. You're not obligated to explain yourself or engage in that type of situation. I'm just saying before things get that far, if we can prevent them from getting that far and have an open conversation of general respect and, you know, understanding that usually that will not only make the experience more enjoyable, but it will also benefit the relationship, right? Uh, And, you know, you can't really ever control what happens to you so you can just control how you react to it right and that's going to impact the energy of the rest of the evening if you go and you get in this argument in the middle of the night right it's probably going to put a bad taste in your mouth for the rest of the evening whereas if you're able to handle that problem and problem solve and have a respectful conversation and you know maybe even educate them a little bit in the process like obviously that's more of a win 
And again, this is only like if somebody actually says something like here's hoping that people have, you know, the social etiquette to not judge everybody else at social (laughs) events. But at least that kind of equips you and gets you thinking proactively about how to handle those situations from a reactive perspective if needed. And the third thing that you can do is by actually sharing your journey and like why having these boundaries are important to you. And this builds a little bit more on that second point because I mentioned that a lot of the times, right, it might be out of general concern that people say things, but it's just because of their lack of under education and understanding that they don't really get it. Uh, you know, I think that we talked a little bit about this in the episode with Libby and Libby had said that, you know, maybe telling a little white lie or like not talking about it might be better. And as much as I can see where she was coming from a hundred percent and I can understand how that could benefit certain situations. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that as a whole, because I do believe that standing true in what you believe in and sharing what you're doing and the why behind it really does help educate people and, uh, you know, get rid of these misconceptions that are so popular. I think, I think a lot of this comes from people thinking that like, Oh, you're starving yourself to diet and get skinny and all this kind of stuff right and I think when people start to actually open up about the real why behind what they're doing and understanding the actual process that they're getting the results from as long as they are doing it in a healthy and sustainable way it helps spread the understanding that other people can see why it's beneficial and communication is a huge key right in anything in life Because a lot of the time we forget that, you know, our friends and our family aren't mind readers. And unless it's somebody that you're talking to all the time about what's going on with you already or somebody that you live with, they probably have absolutely no clue about what goes on behind the scenes in your day-to-day life. So when you come to this holiday event and all of a sudden, you know, maybe you only see these people like once, twice, three times, four times a year. I know for me, my extended family, I only see them a couple times a year. So, you know, when you get to this, this, uh, environment where they don't really know what's going on in your life and then all of a sudden you're doing all these different things they're going to kind of be like whoa wait what like what's going on and a lot of people are uneducated like I hate to say that but they are especially in the generation from our parents and our grandparents because they grew up in an era where diet culture, eating disorders, restriction, like the idea that weight training makes you bulky, that women shouldn't lift weights, all of these kind of things uh, were what they were taught, right? And, And basically all that they know, unless they've made an effort to come outside of that box and learn past that in the more recent time period, right? So they don't really understand. Like if they see you trying to strategically balance your plate or you don't want to have a heaping pile of cake and you just want a little bite-sized thing of everything, right? Like they don't really understand the mythology behind that. So if you're explaining to them what's going on and you know, actually taking the time to educate them on it, they're probably going to have a more open mind about it opposed to you just saying like I'm doing it because I want to or like you know I think another thing too to consider is your language like the language you use with people matters because if somebody asks like oh why aren't you eating that or why aren't you drinking or whatever and your response is like I'm on a diet I'm trying to lose weight I can't eat that again obviously people are going to automatically have negative connotations with that right 
Whereas if you take an approach of explaining that, oh, I'm actually really trying to create my balanced plate so that way I have enough protein and vegetables and fiber here to keep me satiated and to really support my energy levels and to help with bloating and digestion so I don't feel like crap for the entire rest of the day and into tomorrow but I also have half my plate here of things that I can really enjoy and are really like the fun foods right explaining and educating them on the 80 20 rule explaining and educating them on being intuitive with your body and like knowing your limits about digestive health and inflammatory foods and you know that going to the gym actually makes you feel strong and accomplished and it's not something that you have to do because you want to be skinny right all of these things can give them more perspective into your thought process and the way that these things can realistically be implemented in your life with a healthy balance for great results and a healthier longer life right and it might also get them thinking about their own health too. A lot of the times, like like I said, people aren't educated, but you might be a positive influence on them to allow them to maybe even take a step forward, right, in their own journey and be somebody, something that inspires them. I think also too, like explaining to people that's not even all about the aesthetics. Like, of course, we all have aesthetic goals. We all want to look our best, but we also all want to feel our best and most people don't really realize until they're in the thick of their own health and wellness journey the difference of how much better they feel when they are eating better quality foods so you know I think it's natural to us when we're like yeah I don't want to feel like a pile of dog poo right but somebody who's eating trash all the time isn't going to understand that so taking the time to explain to somebody that like hey yeah I actually don't want to eat like six helpings of your macaroni and cheese because I'm really lactose sensitive and you know that's going to make me feel like crap for the whole rest of the week but I will you know try this this and this because those foods sit well with me or explaining that, you know, it's that you have other commitments this week, so you really can't afford to be hungover for three days, right? Explaining that it's more about how you feel and your internal situation opposed to just your aesthetics. So now that we have reframed our mindset before we get there and, you know, not worked ourselves up for no reason in advance, we have changed the way that we are going to react to things and, you know, the way that we look at people pressing our buttons a little bit. And we have been open to educating and inspiring others. The fourth thing that we're going to do is also communication based, but it is asking in advance, you know, what is going to be served and offering to see if there's anything that you can bring. And I think that a lot of the times we think that like, oh, I'm not hosting. I don't want to intrude. I don't want to step on the host feet. They're going to do what they want, right? I'm just going to show up and I'm going to just eat and be present and, you know, whatever's there. And while I totally understand this idea of being grateful for the food that's been provided for you and not being too high maintenance and picky because at the end of the day, right, these people are putting in a lot of their effort and their time to prepare a meal for you, which I, that does not go over my head. But I don't think that it's, you know, unrealistic to say that if you ask them if you can bring something say you'd love to contribute something uh, what can you bring to be helpful they're probably going to feel relieved and grateful in you for being able to bring something like a side dish an appetizer a dessert or whatever right so you know not only are you supporting yourself in that it's going to make you feel probably a little bit more comfortable and confident with a little bit more balance and, and have some more variety there and know you're going to have at least one dish that supports your goals 
But it's also going to take some pressure off the host, right? Of them having to come up with yet another dish. So I think like, you know, just just normalizing, like saying like, hey, like not that I'm, you know, trying to be pushy or anything. I'm just curious, like, what are we going to be having? And then from there, you can decide like if you want to say, oh, okay, awesome. I love that. That sounds delicious. Like I'd love to bring a side salad or something. Like how would you, is that okay? Would you feel okay with that? Or like, oh, amazing. Like, seems like you got all the mains covered. I have this this healthy dessert that I absolutely love and it's like been one of my favorites lately. Like how would you feel if I brought that? Would you like to try it? I highly doubt anybody's going to tell you no, right? So again, just being communicative and open about the process and proactive. If you leave it until the day before and you then you offer to bring a dish, of course they're going to be like, "Uh no, it's already covered because I've been working on this for the last 2 weeks." Whereas if, you know, a week or two before, you're like, "Hey," and you know, you ask the question and you open the door for that conversation. And I think often too, right? Like we tend to go to similar events every year. Like something like a holiday party or something like for your work might be a little bit different, but your family and your close friends, like you typically get to know what people like and what they serve. I know for me, for example, I know every year that my mom's side of the family does more of an Italian Christmas. My dad's side of the family does more of like the turkey, duck type of like meat standard Christmas dinner right so I'm gonna know probably in advance what style of meal I'm gonna be having and like where there might be some holes so if I know that like my mom's side of the family typically always makes an Italian Christmas dinner like pasta lasagna all of that you know the vegetables might be lacking a little bit. So if I offer to bring a salad or a roasted vegetable side tray or something like that, right? That's where I know where I can bridge that gap. And like, again, I know we talked a little bit about this in the podcast with Libby, but people with allergies and sensitivities, like this is so important. You should never feel like you are obligated to eat food that's going to trigger you to feel awful because you have food sensitivities and food allergies because there's nothing else available, right? Like this is also where communication comes in and is very key because I think people are often worried about being an imposition to somebody and they don't want to put somebody out to have to make something extra or different for them. But, you know, it's it's literally your health and how you feel. If you want to be able to go and enjoy the event, I don't think you want to be running to the bathroom every five seconds because you went and ate a bunch of dairy. Trust me, I have been there. I am severely dairy intolerant. Uh, you know, some of you guys might have heard me talk about that before. So, you know, I remember one Thanksgiving, my, my mom, my mom who knows I'm lactose intolerant. Anyways, my mom forgot and put a bunch of cream in the potatoes and I spent the rest of the night in the bathroom we won't go into the details but let's just say I wasn't able to be present I wasn't able to have a good time but it's because you know I I went and I ate something because I didn't ask because I didn't want to impose and I didn't want to be like asking about for somebody to make me all these different modifications and then you know I reaped the the repercussions because I didn't even get to enjoy the night so you know, speaking up will not only make you feel better about the situation, more comfortable, it will make you feel better from a physical standpoint that you're not going to feel as awful after, bloated, digestive issues, all of that. And the host is going to feel better because they're probably going to feel awful if they give you something, serve you something that ends up making you feel sick. So you guys can see how bringing a dish or two to events can definitely be supportive and help with your social anxiety and social pressures, right? Because you're still eating, you're still enjoying, you're still participating, but you're just adding some things in that support your goals as well. The fifth and final thing we're going to talk about in this series of how to handle social anxiety and social pressures around the holidays or around 
any events, social events in life, is alcohol. And I think that this one is really important to highlight on because I think that sometimes this can be even harder than dealing with social anxiety and pressure around food because I feel like a lot of people attribute alcohol with fun and with letting loose and enjoying yourself. And a lot of the times people have a hard time separating that whether it's, you know, you or the people around you that are giving you a hard time because you don't want to drink or maybe you don't want to, you know, overconsume. And while, yes, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a drink or two, you know, kick back, relax, let loose a little bit, enjoy the holiday season, especially, you know, if you've got your designated driver, like by all means, like I'm not here to tell you not to do that. But I think that there are some reasons why it can get a little bit out of control and cause some negativity too. So I think that pacing yourself is really, really important when it comes to, you know, dealing with social pressures and social anxiety because drinking is going to lower your inhibitions, right? So if you're already feeling in a state where your inhibitions are being lowered, it's going to be more likely for you to give in and, you know, do something that you initially didn't want to do and be pushed past your boundaries, Alcohol can also heighten emotions. So if you are already been having some tension in the house or some issues, or maybe there's some family drama there, or it hasn't yet, but something arises and everybody's drinking, right? Squabbles can arise. It can cause um, issues that can quickly spiral out of control, right? Because when we're drinking, everybody's like going to be more emotional and more defensive and responsive to situations. So I think that it's important to really just, you know, make sure that you go into the event with an understanding of how much you're comfortable drinking, right? And then use some tips and tricks to kind of navigate through that through the night. So, you know, obviously a big part of the social pressure side of things is people pushing you into drinking more than you're comfortable drinking. So I think that you can kind of avoid this by one saying, you know, you have stuff to do that you need to do the next day. You can't be hungover. Uh, you know, that's going to be one way to avoid people pushing you too far. Another one is driving. If you drove, not get people to push you too far because you got to drive home. Uh, three, though, like think something that's a little bit more practical, I think, and tangible is, you know, just really slowing your pace down. So making smaller drinks, like smaller alcoholic content drinks. So if you are drinking, right, this is if you are consuming, instead of doing like, you know, a big free pour of vodka in your drink or whatever, right, just really putting a little bit in there and more mix. Or if you're having like a, a wine, right, like mix in there some soda water or whatever, make it more of a seltzer. This is going to slow down your consumption because you're not having as much alcohol at once. Another great option is having a glass of water or sparkling water in between every alcoholic beverage. So for every alcoholic beverage that you drink, drink a glass of water then you have your next beverage drink a glass of water again it's going to slow down that time release uh, and consumption of alcohol so you're not going to get as intoxicated as quickly so you're going to be more likely to feel more comfortable in the decisions that you're making and another one is to make sure that you eat before you drink anything right like I know naturally theoretically you should have already had two full meals for the day like we've already preached that we do not want to go into the holidays you know not eating and then saving all of your calories for that dinner but if you you know you haven't really maybe eaten as much as you should throughout the day or it's been a long time like maybe you ate lunch at noon and now you're waiting for dinner to be cooked at like five o'clock right making sure that you eat something before you consume any alcohol so that's another thing that you can say to people is like like people are pushing you like, hey, you want to drink? Oh, let's do a shot, whatever. Like, oh yeah, yeah, a little bit after because I need to get some food in me first, right? That's a, a good 
way to kind of approach the situation as well. But guys, at the end of the day, just remember, you just got to stay true to what's aligned in your best interest and focus on what you can control. Because, you know, a week later, nobody's going to remember that you said no to that extra slice of cake, right? Nobody's going to remember when they were already drunk that you said you didn't want to do another shot. Like it's, I know we feel uncomfortable and awkward in the moment to stand up for ourselves and what is the right decision for us. But at the end of the day, like you're the one who has to live with the repercussions of your decision you have to lie in the bed that you made right so I know like I said sometimes it can be hard and we we don't want to put ourselves in a situation where there's friction or we're making somebody else uncomfortable but it's like what is the worst of the situation right you end up they end up being uncomfortable for five seconds when you say no and then they get over it or you end up being uncomfortable because you have to deal with the repercussions of the choices that you made so that's all for me today guys I hope you found these tips helpful for navigating family events and events with friends handling social pressure and social anxiety and I will see you guys in the next one